Listen to the story that we celebrate. Listen to the story that has been transmitted for over 2,000 years, a story that has been repeated and repeated, has been translated in many languages. Many songs have been made about the story, as we know. Many poems, many books. The whole reason why we have these lights, candles, and, and is because of the story. But keep in mind that we have this story today because there's another story that took place. The story of the resurrection. If there would have been no resurrection, think about it, there would have been no Christmas. What for? It was only after the resurrected Lord had confirmed and the Spirit had come that the disciples questioned, and where did He come from? From the islands? No. So listen to and for the word of the Lord as we remember the story that we've heard so many times. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for their census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem of Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. But suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, he has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, the word of the Lord. I need the power. In this uh, uh, Christmas season, which finishes for people who follow a calendar that calls it tomorrow, Boxing Day, let me tell you a secret. I never knew what that meant because Christmas in Puerto Rico finishes in the, in the end of January, okay? So, Boxing Day, we have these English calendars, and they said Boxing Day. I really thought people were going to go duke it out. I really thought people in Canada or somewhere else, they actually went to see fights until somebody actually told me, no, that's when we put all the Christmas ornaments down and we box them. Oh, how depressing. <laughs> we don't even talk about that day. We're forced to do it. But we've been sharing about what child is this? And we've chosen that series 
Uh, uh, that question, that, that beautiful hymn that we'll be singing later on today, tonight, what child is this? What child is this that was given to us? What child is this that was born that day? And we know that this is not a typical child because we actually uh, is the biggest birthday celebrated around the world. Uh, so no unusual kid was born this one day, even though many were born. But this child was very odd. Oh, he was odd, all right. At 12, uh, at 12 years, when, when he, he was uh, uh, taken to the temple, uh, his mom lost him. Now, can you imagine that? Being responsible for the Savior of the world and you lose him? <laughs> That's bad. But when she found him, he, he was astonishing the, the rulers of the temple. Odd kid. He was doing math at seven. You heard about this lady called uh, um, Gwendolyn Gonzalez. No relation to me, unfortunately. At 25, she already has five PhDs. They call her the next Einstein, the girl from Miami. Do you know? Amazing brain. Odd. Odd girl. So this kid was odd. He grew up, and, and he made some friends, but, you know, it was the odd kind of friends. The kind of friends that no one really wanted to hang out with. Some were tax collectors. Ooh. Some were people of ill repute. Google it. Some were just fishermen with anger issues. <laughs> and some were teenagers. Odd people. A ragbag muffin crowd. Yet it was that odd crowd who supported this odd, weird-looking man who began to say odd things. Like, I give you peace. What? Love one another. What? I want you to have my joy so that your joy will be fulfilled. What? Get up and walk. Huh? Open your eyes and see. Open your ears and hear. And with those odd statements, he won the Oscar, the Emmy, a Nobel Peace Prize. No. He didn't win that. But it is because of that oddness do we see that oddness of God in this world? Do we see the oddness? I, I look for it. I mean, I have some pictures up there. In the upper, what is it? In the upper to your right. This is right, right? Yeah, okay, right. You see the signs, the road signs. I find that to be odd. But I even find God's presence in road signs. Huh. God's presence in road signs, well, they help us to keep us safe. They keep us order from a God of order who spoke and ordered the universe. So I see the oddity of God's presence in street signs. I see the oddity. When, when I went to the mall some years ago, a, a, a great retail department store that has this amazing parade down uh, 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 New York, Fifth Avenue, you know what I'm talking about, and they launched a whole campaign talking about believe Believe? 
Oh, I know what they were talking about. They did the whole story of the little girl, Victoria, who didn't believe in Santa Claus. And now she believed because the newspaper writer told her about it. Yes, Virginia, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. But that's what they were talking about. But through, you go to the, throughout the story, and what do you see? The word believe. 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 Huh. Is God presence involving that somehow? When we have hospitals, is that God's presence in our divine, I mean, the, the divinity in our midst that brings healing? When we help one another with food, with love, with care. Now, I see that weird animal there because I have to admit that in God's amazing creation, He made some odd-looking animals. And I did not put some of us there. But isn't that amazing that in God creating oddity, He makes those oddity awesome and amazing? You know, that, that there was a practice in old Rome that if we had a child and we didn't want that child, whether it was a boy or a girl, we didn't, it didn't matter, whether the child was inconvenient for us, that child would be put in the sidewalk in front of the house and left there. It was the Christian church who began to do the odd thing of picking and caring and raising rejected children. And many of those children have become awesome people as the tradition and the custom continues of the church and people caring for one another. Oddity in creation, oddity in our lives. And the odd thing about it is that one of the symbols and the signs that's more visible to all of us is the cross. We see it in a lot of places, the cross. People's neck, necklaces, right? They don't even know whether they have a, 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 a cross with a little man in it or not because they don't know who that little man in it is. I'm serious. I've had that conversation. You know who that is? No, my grandma gave it to me, just a little man hanging in that cross. Odd. But it's the symbol that most people recognize around the world, and yet it was an instrument of death. How odd is that? It was an instrument of torture. It was a symbol of failure. It was a symbol of oppression and control. And yet it has become a symbol of freedom, a symbol of joy, a symbol of peace, a symbol of redemption and renewal, a chance again. That's how we can see God in the world. How about do we hear God in this world? Do we hear it in the sounds that we've been putting up with, Jaden? Yeah, because we have to put up with Him. So instead of nagging about it, we just smile and remember, yeah, Lord, thank you, we got babies. Deal with it. <laughs> we hear God in those laughters. Especially when they're newborn, we hear God in the cry of the baby. And when everyone in the room listens to the baby cry or makes some noise, everybody comes, <sighs> relax. And the joy, the pain is forgotten. Is that true, women? Okay, thank you. But do we hear God's presence in the rolling thunder as we sing, How Great Thou Art? Do we hear God's presence in the wind? Do we hear God's presence in the water? 
even when you're washing your hands? Do you realize that the water is favored by God as God's Spirit move over the waters of the earth and said, let there be light? And He promises living waters within us. Enjoy. God is around us. God has come. With the sound of worship, when we sing together, we hear it. How about in this season? Is God around in this season? We have a sign out there that I thought it was very needy, but I left it there. You know, it says, keep Christ in Christmas. Well, you know, I don't like it, but it's not mine. <laughs> but you know what? I remember some years ago, busy one day in Miami, the season was going on, and I'm walking through between, and I'm crossing people's path, crossing the TV, because it was my hallway, and I remember this TV character. She has a name from a famous hotel in a famous city, Paris uh, Hilton, something like that. And she was in Madison, uh, in Madison Avenue in New York City, and she was wondering at the beautiful windows that they make in New York City. I'm going to see them tomorrow. The beautiful windows that they displays in New York City. And she looks at the beautiful snow display, and there's this tiny miniature major scene in the corner of the window. They had another theme, but the major theme was there. And the statement of the lady was, which stopped me in my tracks as I was busy doing stuff, but I heard her say, isn't this incredible? These Christians even want to steal Christmas. How many V8s could she have had? Because even when they celebrate and they put up a Christmas tree and they put up the lights and they put up the ornaments, they are not aware of how they are proclaiming the presence of God. They are, oh good, they are not aware on how they are proclaiming the presence of God with the stars, with the angels, with the, with the reflections, with the lights. We read about the people who walk in darkness will see a new light. It's in front of them and they don't see it. It's the caroling. It's the singing of the traditional beautiful hymns of Christmas. That even I had a friend who had this contemporary church, and he did the undoable. He did a, 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 a Christmas candlelight worship service with all contemporary music. He got the wrath from everybody. He never did it again. He learned. We hear God's presence in the season. We hear the divinity living amongst us, moving amongst us, when we hear the words, thank you, when we hear the words, Merry Christmas, or when we even hear the words, I'm so sorry. We hear them because the Spirit of God inspires us, because God is present. Emmanuel has come, and Emmanuel did not leave. Emmanuel came. Emmanuel died for you and for me. Emmanuel resurrected. He left, but he sent the counselor, the comforter that lives and moves with us. So, after tomorrow, when we're done with the morning breakfast, when we are done with the decorations, which, by the way, I've said this already like five times, we're keeping them up until the 8th. I won't push it to the end of the month. You know, I know I'm not there. We're giving them until the 8th for Epiphany, right? But it is in those moments that we 
can celebrate. Are you aware of God's presence when you gather around that table? Are you aware of God's presence when the turkey or the ham or the pork, whatever our favor, or the chicken or the ribs are being shared of God's provision, God's care, God's joy in the table? Are you aware of the tension in the table? Are you aware to soothe with a balm of peace in those gatherings tonight and tomorrow? You know why? It is important because God is with us. God did not go back and left and abandoned us and it was a, a quick trip. He didn't go through the gas station, quick trip. He came, he dwelt, he spoke oddly things and became an amazing Lord, an amazing Savior. Do you agree? Is He in your heart? Is this Lord in your heart this evening? You know what? If you're here, it's because He is. Listen. Look for Him. Because the divinity, the divine Creator, is all around us as we stand and sing the hymn, What, chi what Child... No, we sing... No, we don't sing that one yet. As we have communion... What other signs do we have of God's presence with us than a table? In the oddity and the weird stuff of, a, of bread and wine, is that odd enough? Is that weird enough that we celebrate the death, the resurrection, that we memorialize, like it says up here, do this in my memory? Isn't that weird? You know that in the first century, first, second century, the Christians were persecuted, not because they were Christians so much. But you know why? Because they ate flesh and they ate babies. Oops. <laughs> they were persecuted because they were thought to have to eat babies and flesh. They were cannibals. But they didn't understand the symbolic nature of the whole thing, those accusers until they came into the table, and they sat at the table. They were also invited to be part of this table. And when they saw the simplicity of how bread and wine can share such a profound, odd, and yet awesome message of salvation, of redemption, of a second, third, fourth, fifth chance, of always being in God's favor, of being free from guilt and shame and live the life of freedom. That's the message. But how odd that it took the death of one for all of us to have that joy. How odd that it took the demise of one who came in peace. But you see, God's ways are not our ways. And that's okay with me. And that's okay with me because God is God. So in that night when Jesus was with his homies, with his disciples, he, he was, they were celebrating communion. I mean, they were celebrating Passover. We're celebrating communion. And he took the bread and after giving thanks to his Father in heaven, he broke it and he told his disciples, take and eat for this is my body. Isn't that weird? 
for this is my body that is broken for you. After dinner, the third cup of the celebration, he took the cup and he served. And he looked at his disciples and he said, Drink, for this cup represents my blood. Weird. It represents my blood that will be shed, the weirdness of the blood will be shed, and it will erase, it will eliminate, it will eradicate all of sins. In the simple weirdness of a cup, we are reminded of the great and awesome salvation. In the simple weirdness of bread, we are reminded of the sacrifice that gave us life and life eternal.